Welcome to the Mislabeled Podcast, a podcast made by women, for women, and about women. Three ladies from different walks of life tackle the topics that nobody is talking about. So buckle up, babes, because here, nothing is off the table, unless you are on the table. Welcome to the Mislabeled Podcast. I'm your host today, Jessica Villegas. We are recording from the Loop Cafe, and we have special guests today. We have Peloton Barbie, and we have Brewski Blue Shirt Kin, <laughs> and of course, our lovely co-hosts, Shweta Patel and Ashley Rogers. So today Hi. on the podcast, everybody say hello, because I'm being so rude and hogging the mic. Hello. Hello. Jessica is so loopy at the Loop Cafe. I'm not. I'm drinking a Red Bull. Oh, I finally got my coffee. And Ashley got her coffee. So we all feel like regular, normal Barbies. And we're ready to talk with you guys about the Barbie movie. Has everybody here seen the Barbie movie? Sure have. Yeah. Mm. I heard that some of us even saw some interesting comments on social media. So today we're going to be talking. Today we are talking about what we think of the Barbie movie. I think it's awesome that there is such a huge brand movement that's happening that's supposed to be empowering for women and young girls. And in general, just, I think, empowering all people that are nice. <laughs> that are nice. Yeah. yeah. That's my next shirt. I'm not, really, I'm not really interested in empowering Minos, you know, like, so, I mean, they can stay neutral powered or disempowered. I don't know. But. Oh, no, they're going to rise up. Yeah. Well, we're seeing that a little bit in our community, right? And that's what we're kind of referring to. But getting back to the movie, I thought it was, um, all right, I'll be honest, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I felt like it was a little underwhelming from what I was expecting. And I think a lot of that had to do with marketing. Marketing was so good. Like, it just seemed like we were going to be seeing something monumentally, like, groundbreaking. And I think it was a, it was just a good movie. And There's a lot of FOMO factor with the marketing. Like, if yes. you don't see this Barbie not movie, taking, if you're not, you like, are part not of this, yes. part of the... No, they did a great job. They did. They, they did, did a conversation. great job. Like, do you feel like that is happening anyway now? A all lot of, of it. Friends are all posting on social media about it, and all everybody. Even the people that hate it, right? You haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, don't you feel like you're missing out on something? though? that's an excellent. Is it the point? Yeah, they did a great job promoting it, and now our everybody, all of our friends, and everybody who's seen it have picked up the promoting it for them. I mean, look, we're and wearing so, yeah. Barbie shirts, and like, yeah. some people yeah. bought shirts and cups. All of us did. Did um, you see those amazing cups by what's your Cassie Og? Oh yes, yes. Yeah, I hope I'm saying her last name super right. I hope it's Og and Og. Yeah, happy. But they're really good. And then those cups from Miles, uh, the shirts from Miles to Go. Yeah, that's what we got. Yes, they sold out. She also has strong as a mother shirts, which is my business tagline. She has strong as a mother shirts. So she does. She does. Oh wow! We were meant to be friends. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't think she really has anything that promotes highlight. No, no, no. It was 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 separate. It was separate. Like we realized we both had the same. Yeah, tagline. No, but that's like 
She's got to print so those shirts again. So my co-hosts get derailed easily. But sorry. What I was yeah. <laughs> sorry. Was that I actually felt a little underwhelmed because I felt like it was a good storyline, but it wasn't something that we all shouldn't already know. And actually, I kind of felt like the movie was more about Ken than it was about Barbie. I have a lot of feelings about Ken. A like, lot. There's something you said about the fact that there was all that mention of patriarchy, but it wasn't being used in the correct context in my opinion like patriarchy in general is like considered to be something that is suppressive of the female gender and then the brotherhood of the male gender and really in in this movie what they were doing when they were taking on patriarchy or like they were assuming the patriarchy was they were just bonding and promoting themselves. They weren't really discouraging anything with Barbie. It just happened that every time a Ken became empowered, a Barbie somehow became brainwashed into being disempowered. Anybody knows that? Like, and so then when you started talking to Barbie again about how awesome she was, she would suddenly click back to being an empowered Barbie. But like, it didn't actually reflect what our current society is going through, which is like, there's an inevitable need to like, push someone down in order to lift yourself up. Gender, non-gender social caste, whatever. Like it's unfortunate, but that's a reality that we we typically don't think we can bring positive attention to ourselves without also creating some suppression of yeah, like basically can't we all win? Can't yeah. everyone be and happy together? And, and that's what I didn't like same level and equal I, I that's what I didn't like about the movie was that it seemed like it was either or. Right. It's either all the women or all the men. Right. And why in the end couldn't we have I mean granted those those Barbie Brewski Kens or Brewski Beard Kens definitely lost trust for <laughs> what they did to Barbie Land. But why in the end can it be both? And I'm gonna go there. If we're constantly gonna have a recalibrating culture where we're constantly correcting the negative behavior of one generation to compensate for the over-positive or over-supporting behavior that was shown to another. Like, so in order to then re-empower Barbie, we have to disempower Ken because Ken was in that patriarchy movement. But then at some point, I felt really sorry for Ken. Like, Ken had to to become a little bit of a bimbo in order to demonstrate that he was not as awesome as Barbie. Like, Ken wasn't just, like, a solid dude that could, like, you know, be there for Barbie. He beaches. And, like, he beaches. And he just, you know, knows how to stand. He doesn't do all that thing called rescuing or life-saving. But it's like, okay, now the next sequel to this movie is going to be when the Kens rise because they feel like they've been marginalized and they are now the disempowered folk and and Barbies are the ones that are like... Do you think that the way that the Barbie movie is the word dichotomize like this or that? Is that the word? Mm -hmm. So does that like encourage people to always be looking for a way to be better than others? Does it create an others, like an other society? Is that the agenda that it's ultimately pushing? Is like it's either the women or the men, or it's any other. other. It's black or white. It's Asian or you know minority I mean, or majority. Two it's, main Kens, right? It was Asian Ken or white. Right, or it's homosexual or it's heterosexual. It's one religion. It's another. That's what I'm talking about. It's like even in our history, when we go back and we start to change how we choose to recall our history because we are not 
we're looking at it from a different lens now. And we recognize that maybe the lens that it was being looked at or acted out in the past was not appropriate. So then our response is to then essentially reject what happened. And I think like it just creates a cycle of continual reaction, right? Like we're never getting ahead of ourselves. We're never getting ahead of the actual concept of unity and not equality because it's unrealistic to expect that we are all equal. We are all humans. We're not even equal within a family, right? So like to be like, we should all treat each other like we're all equal. That's that's a little quixotic, but we are all human. We all create these like labels. In this movie, it just happens to be highly specific to male and female, but it's, gener- it's generating the same dynamic, which is there is one faction that's being blamed for the either the suppression or the subjugation of another faction. And so then there's that faction that's now trying to rise up and do their thing, which then only can happen if the first faction is put down. So many fancy words. I don't understand all the things you're saying. I feel oh. like a blonde Barbie right now. <laughs> Stop labeling yourself, Blondie. Uh, I'm so just gonna attractions and subjugations. Yeah, this is a uh, Bruce Key beer blue shirt again. With, uh, I just feel like I watched a little bit of a different movie, maybe. That is what I'm seeing is everybody has taken something completely different. So, Annie, what did you hear? As a, as a Bruce Key bro, how did you feel when you made that movie? Well, I felt a little bit like the story that I took away from that was that there was a commentary on the feminist movement, and it was kind of flipping the script a little bit on everything, right? So first start with the fact that you kind of only know the world that you grow up in. And so that was Ken and Barbie. Before they left, they only knew the world they grew up in, and they thought it was exactly the way it was supposed to be until they saw something different. And then coming back, Ken took something away from the real world and said, hey, wait a minute, I didn't have to be treated like this, and then flipped the entire thing upside down, which is a comment, commentary, I thought, on the feminist movement, saying that you know, sometimes the feminist movement and sometimes any movement or uprising can turn into something of, like overcorrect, right? And that's exactly what happened in Barbie land, and then... Barbie came back and said, wait a minute, let's, let's under, you know, let's fix this overcorrection and did. And by the end of the movie, I didn't get this feeling like it was one or the other. I got the feeling like they had realized that it could be both. And so for everyone saying it's a man hating movie, I I don't think that is what I took away from it at all. I kind of felt like it was, it was overcorrecting so that we would see the point and maybe understand that the overcorrection can sometimes, needed consideration. Yeah. I really like yep. your version better than mine because it makes me feel a lot better about humanity. <laughs> yeah, and that see, was really my good. My messaging that Blue I took away from the movie actually didn't really have much to do with feminism or patriarchy or anything. And it was a lot about motherhood and identity. That is what the movie meant for me, especially the point where she says, as mothers, we stand still so that our daughters can look back and see how far we've come. Wait, what happened, Peloton Barbie? You reacted. No, I totally cried at that part of the movie. Yeah, because it makes you realize that, yes, as moms, we tend to put our hopes and our dreams on hold for our children. And that's really hard. It is really hard. And that is something that is what I, Mommy Barbie does. Why? <laughs> what's happening there? <laughs> Just for the audience, I'd like to let you know no, that Ashley yeah. has it having a severe reaction to my uh, uh, allergic reaction to something like you. Yes, this Facebook post from a lovely local who asked why there's no just happy mommy Barbie or happy wife Barbie and that's the whole point is like 
we're not just one identity. We're not just a mom or just a wife or just a doctor or there is mommy and white Barbie. And that's the, I know that's like the original Barbie. <laughs> bride Barbie. That I used to own a a bride and groom Barbie set, and then there was Ken, who was the obvious dad with the mom Barbie that came with the baby. That's Midge and Allen. Yeah, she actually had a womb. Well, whatever. I bought all the pieces and I made the own my own family that I wanted. It doesn't matter how it comes in the box, right? You can do whatever you want with it. That's the point of Barbies. Like it helps you tap into your creativity. And if you want it to be two mommy Barbies or two Ken Barbies, or point in case two Kens, sometimes made weird Barbies. Oh, we yeah. Weird Barbies. Most of the time, my Barbies Barbie. were naked and they were doing something I saw in an inappropriate '80s movie. <laughs> I'm not kidding because I was going through that phase where I thought this is how it worked. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I actually want a t-shirt that says Weird Barbies are awesome. So that's, I think, the best message from the whole show. Weird oh, yes. Barbie is the best Barbie. I know where you can get one of those. So, for the person who made that comment, Wait, where can I'm we curious. Get one of those shirts? I don't know what that means. Next Gen Creations. Next Gen Creations? Yeah. Next Gen Creations? What Next Gen shirt says Weird Barbie is awesome. Yeah, oh my she, God. Yeah, I bet they sure could. A local oh. business. And they sure could. They sure could. Oh, she makes cups with that she too? She does. She oh. does. Guys, guys, do we need to get like a mass order going yeah, with some kind of a so. promo if you listen to this label? Weird Barbie is yes. awesome. Yes. Or like a cup that says I'm always stuck in the splits. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> always stuck in the what? Splits. Oh, stuck in the splits. <laughs> That's me. Okay. So, but to the comment that that woman made, yes. I'm curious if she has children who have Barbies and she's not and if she stands over them and she dictates how the Barbies should play together because regardless of how they come out of the box they can then turn into whomever they like yeah right and I mean we've all seen Toy Story right you know Sid who just like created that was me as a child like surgically created other toys from the Barbies and other toys yeah they can literally be whatever you want them to be that sounds a little serial killer podcast-ish I'm here for that one too. Sign me up. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really, I'm really disappointed to hear, you know, that we're trying to put Barbie back in the box of happy mommy, happy wife Barbie. Because it's not to say that we can't be those things too, while also being whole, astronaut Barbie. Like, to me, that felt like the whole point of the movie too was like you can be a happy. She even straight up says it's okay to just be a mom, to just want to be a mom, to not want to be a mom, right? You know, because we're not just one of those things. That's what I kind of took away from her. That woman's comment was, "Here's another overcorrector." Mm-hmm. And the only reason why that person probably feels the need to overemphasize their strong feelings about something is because we're overemphasizing our strong feelings about something that doesn't agree with her. It's like what you resist persists, right? If we all could somehow manage, and I know this is not going to be something that ever happens and Mark Zuckerberg would probably have to like kill himself if it happened, but if we could all just continue to scroll and not respond and understand that everybody that's participating in social media has their voice and they have their right to say whatever absurd, stupid thing or awesome and intelligent thing, but it doesn't have to turn into a theological debate on everything or a 
gender related. I just sometimes I wonder if people realize that they're real humans with a real name and a face and the things that they say, they go out in public. And I'm like, you know, people are going to see you. They're going to know. Yeah. They're like, going to talk about this woman in public now. I know who she is now and what she really thinks and how she really feels. Making it sound like y'all are gonna like do like a little stakeout. We are not engaging in any kind of violence. No, we are not doing that. We are not doing that. They're not doing that. You know why? Because then that would make us labeled. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and we don't want to mislabel anyone else. Right. We let them label themselves. Yeah. Right, Ken? Label makers. <laughs> Christmas gifts. Everybody gets a label maker. I know what everyone's getting. Oh my God, the irony is amazing. But should we just walk around downtown when we're going I mean, not but like nicely. a gun or anything. Nice. That can be stickers that we give out, though. Label guns? Label. No, and then it says mislabeled podcast on yeah. it. Right, but they could be like different labels. It could be like, awesome. But then you just really want to make I do. I want to just okay. go up to somebody and startle them and then be like, it's chill, it's chill, it's just boom. No, this isn't your society to do that. In. This is yeah, not the society. If you see me, I would just be like, hi. <laughs> it would be like this crazy woman. Yeah, but I'm totally harmless. You cannot touching people. Truth, but I'd apologize super fluously and then walk you away. You could go and be like, may I place a label on you? Do I have your consent to place a label on you? Please sign here. Okay, and now I'm placing the label. Please sign that you received the label. <laughs> and that is exactly what is currently <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> So if you've been listening to our podcast for any period of time, you've probably heard us talk about highlight coaching and consulting. And our team of seasoned professional coaches work with teens and young adults in the various facets of their lives. We offer one-on-one private coaching, group coaching we work with, the businesses and educational institutions that support, educate, and employ them. And we work with families and parents to help everyone in the family work better as a team, create a psychologically safe environment, and really improve their relationships with their teens and young adults to generate legacy change well into the future. So if you'd like to explore any of the services that we offer or get to know our coaches better, head over to highlightcoaching.com That's spelled H-I-L-I-T-E coaching.com to learn more about our team, our services, and how we can help you today. Did you order my cheese bread? I feel like they're out. I don't feel like they're out. They are out. Cheese bread. I feel like Ken Rusty was going to say something. He did have something to say. Now it's a little off topic. No, that's good. We we, we can make everything work. Feel, overcorrect the overcorrecting of this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like overcorrection, which we're calling it now, can sometimes just be hyperbole. And I think yeah. kind of hyperbole can be important to pushing Another conversations forward. Right? If we're, if, if each side brings their most extreme case to the table, yes, that in a, in a disrespectful, low trust environment, that can create a lot of animosity. But in a real discussion or debate, it can create movement forward and increase understanding. So I think there's there's room for hyperbole and discussion and in mature adult environment. Point. Yes. Which going back to our point today, I think that's what the movie was trying to do is create some hyperbole to, to demonstrate. Discussion. 
And we don't have a lot of acceptance for that right now in our society, right? Where we end up in a situation where, well, because you disagree with me, you are absolutely wrong. Right. And we, you are absolutely disagreeing with me. That's right. the other thing. It's like, I kind of just don't fully agree with you. But right. no, that means you are against. Right. So two ideas that are counter to each other can coexist in our world. We just have to let it. Right. Here, here. Yes. I think I, I think I was ovulating though during the movie because I really just <laughs> felt like that's a lot of information. I felt like um, no, I even saw puppies more earlier, so it probably happened. But you know, just my personalities blocks, they're still in there. So I felt like when I saw Ken just feeling so dejected, and then I feel like even he kind of took on a, a part of this. I was totally obviously projecting all of my own like internal battles onto Ken. Plus, it's Ryan Gosling, so how can you not overrelate, right? He does nothing for me. Really? No. Did you see his pecs yeah, moving? I was like, they were not even no. I did not I was, see that. Uh, there was like an actual vein between the two pecs that I saw pulsating. Even I didn't even notice that. I was there for seeing the stuff. Man. So, what I was saying is like, the same way was more attractive than Ryan Gosling. There was a moment I felt like genuinely sad for Kenbra, and I was like, "Oh man, you know how many men in our lives are feeling this way because we are so committed to wanting to empower ourselves, but we don't know how to do that without feeling like something else needs to be pushed down for us to show ourselves moving upwards." Kind of like the two moving trains, right? Like they're moving in the same direction. It doesn't look like both trains are moving. The only way you can make that difference or discernment is if one train stops or one train speeds up. Theory of relativity has fucked us in society. I might be hyperbullying now. Not hyperbullying, hyperbullying. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I didn't start getting like all the overcorrecting bullies. That would then want to make sure that they were adequately represented because even bullies have like sometimes. Yeah, according to the Constitution. Yeah. Everybody does. Wow. No, I'm just realizing how interesting it is that literally each person walked away with something different. It's like watching that murder scene where like 42 apartment people were like all watching this girl get murdered and Everybody had a different version of the story, except for Barbie and Ken. Shrita really likes true crime I stories. Blackbird. <laughs> just put that in there. What's my jam? I do. I like true crime as well. I didn't have any sort of watery-eyed reaction to Barbie. I think I'm broken Barbie. I'm flat-footed Barbie. No. No. Maybe you're rational Barbie. There's a child that just walked out the door. Okay, mom is right there. Sorry. <laughs> the child's leaving. I think you're poker face, Barbie. Which is funny because aren't they all? <laughs> I had far more. I had far more tear jerking moments during "Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret" than I definitely did during Barbie. I had a couple during Barbie. Yeah, I think like my my big emotional reaction was was not just to that one quote, but just when you know America Ferrera is doing her monologue, and it's just so true. It's like. It's impossible to be a woman sometimes. Like, you have to be thin, but you can't want to be Yeah, thin. I didn't really like but then that. You should yeah. be thin. Yeah. But then you should be thin because that means you're healthy. Like, you should be a good mom, but you shouldn't talk about your kids all the time because that's annoying. 
and it's just that struggle of, especially over the last year and a half of owning a business, working from home, having three kids there. And I'm like, what is my identity? And like, how do I balance all of this and still look like I'm not crazy person? Because on the inside, I'm losing it. What I liked about that monologue was she framed the struggle that women experience as completely independent and irrelevant of where they stand next to the men in the world. Yes. It wasn't being attributed to the men in their world. It's not, oh, because I'm a mom, as opposed to like dads don't have it this way or guys don't have to worry about being skinny. It was just, this is what we, even as women, subject each other to. Yes. And... Like that right there was the, for me, the, and I, for a lot of people, I think it was like the most meaningful moment because it truly did acknowledge how we put ourselves in our own boxes, right? And then we are like, why am I not growing beyond this box? And how we then sit next to each other in our independent boxes and we're like, oh yeah, your box, it's a good box, stay in that box. Like we don't realize how we are reinforcing each other often. Though I think in present company, I feel like you guys are very supportive of me being in like a dog bed instead of a box. You know, like I feel really accepted by you but the Barbie's I'm like dog being that just I'm like keeps a, dropping the turds on the know, floor. I, I was like it's the little brown so, eggs. So FOMO over there because I'm like, wait, there was a Barbie dog? Yeah. Yeah, we have one at my house. It does that. A Barbie dog. Oh, put in the legs. And then there's yeah, it's there a little poop scooper that comes there's, there's a one that does the pooping, and then there's one that where puppies fall out. <laughs> I think I don't know. Like, oh, so many puppies. Poop and puppies. puppies? No, birthing and puppies. Oh, oh. ew! <laughs> Not poop. Do you like poopy puppies? No, poopy you just shave those. Oh. <laughs> my co-host here is referencing the fact one time where my daughter. Twelve years old, husky Chow Chow decided that she was a wild hunter and got into the backyard and thought that if she was to cover herself in cat poo or some kind of animal poo, she would then be able to blend into the natural environment of her prey. Yeah, well, that was fun, especially when you drove an hour after working twenty four hours to find that for slightly in your mouth to be like excrement. Wow. So of course I shaved her down all the way. I'm really, you know what I'm really curious about. So the monologue that Barbie gave, or one of the Barbies gave, about what women struggle with. I want to hear that from a kid because in our society, men have traditionally been raised to do these very specific masculine things. And honestly, men's feelings about those masculine things aren't necessarily considered. It's like traditionally the man should get the education, should provide for the household, should do these like Mr. Fix-It things around the house, should, you know, in all these shoulds. But how did they feel about performing those roles? And I mean, from the point of a personal trainer and somebody whose husband has done bodybuilding and powerlifting, I can tell you for a fact, we talk so much about how women view their own bodies. But if you think about it, like for women, they talk about like, you can be curvy and beautiful. You can watch a movie and you can see women with curves. Think of 
all the male stars. Think of all the Chris's of the Marvel world. <laughs> like, there is not an ounce of fat on those male's bodies. No, the dad bod has become a thing, right? So that's kind of something that... What's a dad bod? It's a slightly less fake guy. I mean, <laughs> in, in all reality, like you're talking about, like they have 12% body fat instead of six. Just know because like, so it's really not. You're not talking about a, a guy with a beard gut, you know, that's uh, having a, a rough day that always looks like a slob. You're talking about, you know, Matt Damon. With gas. <laughs> He ate gluten for breakfast. <laughs> Something. But, you know, my husband talks a lot about how when he was younger. Oh, two minutes. Ago, sorry. <laughs> Just crop me out. Just crop me out. Men struggle with body image a lot. Just as much. Maybe more than women, but they don't get to talk about it. Mm. But what think, about all the other things? Well, yeah. I think that is what the true meaning of the patriarchy is. The patriarchy is currently viewed so much as how it affects women. But as I've often pointed out before of my really good friend, Justin Baldoni, who has an entire podcast related to this called Man Enough, patriarchy really should be viewed from the perspective of how it's affecting men, how inclusive it can be for what is considered to be a standard fare, like, you know, government issue male. And what that means and what you need to look like and what you need to be like and what any deviation from that means. And not just like, sure, it's definitely not something that homosexual males can align with. But even heterosexual males have a hard time keeping up with the standards that the current manly man is you know, expected to be like. And that, I think, is what the true patriarchy or what they call the toxic patriarchy is. Well, on that note, uh, bye. No. <laughs> we just want you to know that you are Kenuff. 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 You know, here's to all of the people currently being undercorrected. We hear you. We cheers you. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you to our amazing surprise guests today, <laughs> yeah. who shall go unnamed just as Barbie and Ken. And if you want a Peloton Barbie, you can get one by getting a Peloton and being a Barbie. <laughs> or you could probably <laughs> go to Mattel.com. I bet you they have a Peloton Barbie. They probably collabed. I was just going to say, did I hear collab? But if you want dad bod Barbie, Ken. Oh. Dad bod Ken. Or would it be Alan? Is that just Alan? Is that like, just Alan? Yeah. <laughs> it's just Alan. It is. Alan's kind of off after he kind of was. Double Pexter, Brian Dawson. He's been in a lot of good movies. I like yeah. that, that guy. Michael yeah. Cera? Super bad. Yeah. Anyway. Hey. This has been our episode of the Mislabel Podcast. Thanks for joining in. Please join us again next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Mislabeled Podcast. Be sure to hit the follow button after you finish leaving us a review. Till next time.